This episode of the Artsy Podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Artists, photographers, and designers of all kinds have used Squarespace to showcase their works, and you can do it too. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch your site and show your work to the world, use the offer code ARTSY to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's offer code ARTSY, A-R-T-S-Y. Hello and welcome to the Artsy Podcast. I'm Isaac Kaplan. This week, joined by producer Abigail Kane. Hey, Isaac. Over the next month, we're going to be publishing four special art history podcasts produced and narrated by Abby. That means you won't be hearing my voice for a little while. We'll miss you, Isaac. But Abby, you're going to be taking some of our readers' favorite stories and translating them into audio. Right. We're going to be doing four different stories from four different moments in art history. You're going to be starting this week with a story about Robert Rauschenberg and the great abstract expressionist painter Willem de Kooning. It'll sound a little different than what you normally hear on the Artsy podcast, much more narrative-based than discussion-based. But we'll be back with a regular podcast in the new year. And in the meantime, we really hope you enjoy these stories from art history. Robert Rauschenberg was nervous. Standing in front of Willem de Kooning's house, clutching a bottle of Jack Daniels in one hand, the 27-year-old artist knocked hesitantly. Don't be home, he silently prayed. But de Kooning was home, and after a few awkward moments... Rauschenberg told the older artist what he had in mind. What he wanted was one of de Kooning's drawings. By itself, the request wasn't surprising. Artists in the same circles often traded works, and the two of them were already friendly after meeting at Black Mountain College in North Carolina a year earlier. But the younger artist didn't want to hang the sketch on the wall of his studio for inspiration or study. No, Rauschenberg explained. He wanted to erase it. It was a radical suggestion. By 1953, when Rauschenberg arrived on his doorstep, de Kooning was the most celebrated modern artist in New York City. Other artists admired him for his unparalleled draftsmanship, while collectors were snapping up his abstract expressionist paintings for unprecedented sums. American art critic Leo Steinberg later recalled the frisson that went through the city's art world when a de Kooning painting sold for $10,000. It was more than most of them earned in a year. In short, a de Kooning was worth something. Even a throwaway sketch had value, both monetary and art historical. And for Rauschenberg, that was the key to the entire project. He'd set out to answer a seemingly simple question. Was it possible to create a drawing using only an eraser? Could a blank sheet of paper ever be considered a work of art unto itself? Rauschenberg had tried, at first, to erase one of his own drawings. But he found the result unsatisfactory. When he erased his own work, it was only half the artistic process. He wanted it to be the whole. And for the erasure to truly be considered art, Rauschenberg decided, it would be necessary to rub out the work of a universally admired artist. And so, one day, 
he found himself knocking hesitantly on de Kooning's front door. Unsurprisingly, the elder painter was rather less than enthused with the request. Nonetheless, he invited Rauschenberg inside to make his case over a couple of glasses of whiskey. The idea of destruction kept coming up in the conversation, Rauschenberg later recalled, although the young man did his best to explain to de Kooning that destruction wasn't his intention at all. And finally, de Kooning relented. But he wasn't going to make it easy. De Kooning pulled out a portfolio and began flipping through the contents. Just as he seemed to settle on one, he paused. No, he mused, it has to be something I'd miss. So he pulled out a second folder, finally landing on a heavily worked sketch made with a combination of grease pencil, ink, charcoal, and graphite. Later, Rauschenberg couldn't recall precisely what the drawing looked like. What he did remember was how long the process took. Two months, and even then it wasn't completely erased. He wore out a lot of erasers. The result? A blank sheet of paper bearing a few ghostly smudges of its former image. It wasn't until late 1955, when Rauschenberg was scrounging for submissions to a group drawing exhibition, that his friend Jasper Johns suggested he frame the work and show it. Johns printed a three-line inscription, reading, in all caps, Erased to Kooning Drawing, Robert Rauschenberg, 1953. When the work went on view at New York's Eleanor Poindexter Gallery, there was no fanfare. No reviews of the show mentioned a race to Kooning drawing. But the story spread through the art world anyway, as a curiosity passed along through word of mouth. Although people today often describe this work as Rauschenberg's most controversial, at the time it wasn't particularly scandalous. Much of his work during these years questioned the nature of art a contrarian approach inspired by French artist Marcel Duchamp when, in 1913, he attached a bicycle wheel to a kitchen stool and called it art. Duchamp dubbed these works ready-mades, that is, objects that had already been manufactured or mass-produced and became art simply by the artist's designation. It was a watershed moment, paving the way for the whole of conceptual art. For his part, Rauschenberg discovered Duchamp in the 1950s. During that decade, his work was experimental, even tongue-in-cheek. In 1953, for instance, Rauschenberg packed a shallow box with soil, lined it with seeds, and hung it on the wall of a gallery. He returned to the exhibition regularly to water what he called a grass painting. Most notable are his 1951 series of white paintings made at Black Mountain College, all-white canvases that appear to be unpainted. Rauschenberg even asked fellow artist Cy Twombly to paint a few, further questioning the idea of authorship. Later, he explicitly linked these white paintings to the erased de Kooning drawing. Both, he said, were experiments with what he called the monochrome no-image. It wasn't until a celebrated show in 1964 at the Wadsworth Athenaeum in Connecticut that the erased drawing became a sensation. Soon, it was a touchstone for every Rauschenberg retrospective. Today, it hangs in San Francisco's Museum of Modern Art. It still sports its original, understated gold frame, although the paper is yellowed somewhat with age. 
A series of infrared scans in 2010 provided clues to one lingering mystery. What image Rauschenberg had actually erased? It appears as though de Kooning had drawn four figures at different orientations, suggesting that it may have been a page of working sketches he'd handed over. The public display of his erased drawing apparently made de Kooning indignant. He believed such an exchange between artists should have remained private. And certainly, many have classified this as an act of rebellion, an artistic coup d'etat. It's often labeled as an Oedipal act, a reading bolstered by the fact that, a decade after the work was made, abstract expressionism, the style of de Kooning and his like, had been completely overshadowed by pop, ushered in by artists like Rauschenberg. But throughout his life, Rauschenberg maintained that was never the point of the work. It's not a negation, he would say. It's a celebration. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another moment from art history. But in the meantime, you can always send us an email at podcast at artsy.net. With any comments, feedback, we know we did something a little different this week. Let us know what you think. And if you haven't already, don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. It helps other people find the show. This episode was produced by me, Abigail Kane. And the theme music, as always, is by Broke for Free. We also use music by Jazar and Chris Zabriskie.